Welcome to Kai Alpha. Thank you guys so much for, for coming and joining us on your Thursday night. And um, yeah, we're just, we're excited for uh, just what the Lord's going to do today. Uh, did you hear that today's the, the annual national collegiate day of prayer? So they're celebrating 200 years of the collegiate day of prayer. And so... Our Chi Alpha actually got involved, and we had a prayer walk on campus today from from 11:30 to 12:30, and some of you guys showed up for that. Um, I heard you all all the guys left Dalton alone. He was he was the only man to show up to pray with the ladies, and he was like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they walked around campus and um, prayed and kind of the whole point of the the event, the National Collegiate Day of Prayer is just to, to pray for God to bring awakening to our campuses, to pray that uh, he would pour out his spirit and just we would see uh, people return to to Jesus and uh, see mighty moves of God on campus. So I just wanted to take a little time uh, at the beginning here to just pray um, with that event and, and pray for our campus, pray for um, the campus next door, APU, and, and just uh, that God would, would move across our nation. And so um, if you would just join me in praying. Lord, we, we thank you for, for this event that is uh, calling us to pray calling us to do something that that is in your word and, and that you've instructed us to do, Lord. And um, right now, we just take some time to, to ask that you would come and show up uh, on our campus. God, would you um, show up at UAA and, and move in ways that you haven't moved before, Lord? I thank you uh, that, that there's a student who attends our Chi Alpha who's at APU, Lord, and I just pray that for for more APU students to, to come over here, Lord, that we would have a presence on, on both universities and we would um, just see uh, you doing, doing work and, and finding uh, new people, Lord. Um, I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're still in February, uh, the love month. And so <laughs> last, last week we had love, dating, and relationships, and Steve taught that, and that was really great, talking about um, romantic relationships and how to do that in a godly way. Um, and then the week before that, Brianna taught on friendships and how to love your friends well, how to be a faithful friend. And, and tonight I wanted to talk about the love of, of God, and my prayer is just that we would leave tonight with a greater understanding of God's love for us. But you know one of the ways that we like to start Chi Alpha services is, uh, you know, embarrassing ourselves with a story from our life. And so this just, <laughs> this thought just came to me in the back while we were worshiping, and so I did not practice this story, but <laughs> um, 
yeah, this Valentine, I'm, I'm a last minute kind of person. And so this Valentine's Day, I didn't really have reservations anywhere. Um, but, you know, I know, I know this really great hole in the wall pizza place that I used to go to like five, six years ago, and it had super good pizza. And it's kind of like, it's nice inside. It's a, it's a Greek restaurant. It's family owned. It's called Pizza Olympia. Never go there. <laughs> you see, I, um, I went there, I took Brianna there for Valentine's Day, and it wasn't what I remembered. We, we ordered our pizza, and, and first of all, it takes, um, it takes so long, guys. I've never, like, sat in a restaurant and just waited for food for so long. The, the man kept coming to our table to fill our water, but he asked us each time if we wanted our water filled, and it was like glasses this big, and I don't know why he needed to ask permission to fill up our water glasses, but he did, and his mom, who was working in the kitchen, actually was the one to call him in last minute, and so I thought that was really funny, but we get the pizza out to our table finally. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in a heart shape, which is great, you know. Um, but it's, like, worse than a DiGiorno. It's worse than Great Alaska Pizza Company. But <laughs> we still had a fun time because we just got to spend a lot of time waiting for a pizza together. <laughs> and so that doesn't really uh, relate into into my message a whole lot, but it's just a way to get us going, yeah. <laughs> Tonight, we're just um, going to look at what Paul says about God's love, and uh, I, it's, in, it's in Ephesians that, that we're going to be in, in Ephesians 3, but uh, I just want to give us a reminder of, of when Paul first encountered Jesus's love, and um, if you remember the story in Acts, Paul was walking down the Damascus Road and was blinded by a bright light and, and just had this encounter where he, uh, he started following Jesus after having lived his life to kill Christians and, and do, um, do it for God. He, he thought that Jesus wasn't the Messiah and, and Jesus finally uh, revealed himself to him in a powerful way. Um, and so we're just going to look at, at um, what Paul says in, in Ephesians and apply that love to, to our lives. Um, so we're going to start just with scripture in Ephesians 3. We're going to be reading verse 7 through 21. So I will read it for us. Verse 7, I became a servant of this gospel. So this gospel is just the good news of, of Jesus that Paul has come to now know. By the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. So Paul got this assignment to speak to the Gentiles, which he previously thought the Gentiles would never be saved by God. 
Mm-hmm. Now uh, he realized that that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is is for all people. And so picking up in verse nine, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, and this mystery is talking about the gospel because it was unknown and now it's known, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. Thanks for bearing through that that marathon of a passage. I don't usually read that much at once, um, at least up here. I do in my alone time. (laughs) But um, I believe that there are five actions that happen when we encounter this deep love of God that Paul talks about, this love that surpasses knowledge and is described in in that passage in Ephesians 3. And the first action that takes place when we encounter God's love is that we have to begin to follow Jesus and spend time with him. So when Paul first encountered Jesus, everything changed. His, His life went from murdering Christians to writing letters to encourage Christians. (laughs) Everything was a complete 180. In verse 7, we see Paul is a servant of this gospel. He made a complete turnaround. And that's what Jesus asked of us. You see, we've all sinned and and fallen short of the goodness of God, and and we all need to make that complete turnaround and, and repent of our sin. Um, Jesus wants to meet you here tonight. If you haven't started a relationship with him, it's no accident that you're here. He's reaching out his hand to show his love to us. And so uh, if you haven't placed your trust in Jesus today, uh, I, I just feel like sometimes we can have this list of, of qualifications that, that we need to, to believe something. We want to, we're in the generation of fact checking. You, you see a Facebook post and there's a warning that this hasn't been fact checked. And so maybe you have 
read scripture or you've attended church and you haven't seen the fact check. And I think the Lord is asking you today to taste and see that he is good. I think we can put ourselves in a place where we have to, uh, we realize that's a big decision to follow Jesus. But Jesus wants you to know that you're always able to turn back. Like if you don't like your new life that he's given you, apart from your sin, your new life of, of freedom and joy, um, you, your sin's always there to go back to. And so I don't, we're just going to keep on going. We know that this love that surpasses knowledge, it, it doesn't last if we don't regularly have time with Jesus. So it's not enough to just put our trust in Jesus once. We, we need to make it a, a daily practice of, of abiding with him. You know, for pretty much my whole life, I've trusted in Jesus and, and followed him, but it wasn't until I started giving Jesus a part of my everyday that things really started changing in my life. When I uh, started having time in my Bible every day, uh, I noticed that Jesus started to transform me. And, and one of the simplest ways that I noticed was when I was working at Kaladi Brothers, because this was back early years of college, and I'd realized that on days when I woke up and spent time in the Bible, I was more patient with people. <laughs> I didn't get angry when I spilled milk. I had joy for um, reasons beyond what was just happening in front of me. I think the second action that takes place when we encounter God's love is that we get to begin to embrace confession. So God knows every sin that, that we've done. He knows every sin that's been done against us. And he invites us to bring those sins before him and confess them, not just to him, but to confess them to our brothers and sisters that, that we may receive healing. You see, Paul has embraced confession in verse 8 when he says, I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. He's pretty much calling himself the worst person on earth, and he has, um, he, he's embraced com confession. He's not afraid to tell people about the things that he once did. I think to know this deep love of God, we need to have confession. Confession is the, the key to salvation uh, that Romans gives us. In Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession is also key to forgiveness and healing. In James 5, 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So James instructs us to confess our sins to one another. And I think this is why small groups are so important, because small groups really help us 
to embrace this practice of compassion, this practice of saying, hey, guys, I've fallen short of what God's asked, asked me to do, and I need your help. To, would you pray with me that I can get on the right track? And so if you're not regularly going to your small group, uh, I just want to tell you, like, that's that's where life change is going to happen. That's where people are going to hold you accountable. And and don't run away from, from people who are trying to ask you those tough questions that are going to bring you to confession. When we refuse to embrace confession, we don't trust the love of God to cover over our sin. We don't see God's love as enough, and we stay stuck in shame or guilt and continue on in our sin, and he wants to set you free from your sin. And tonight, all you have to do is is confess and, and receive prayer. So the next thing that, that we see in this passage of Scripture is the third action that takes place when we encounter God's love. And that's when we begin to approach him with confidence. Our body language matters when we go before the Lord. It's like a, a spiritual body language. Are your hands in your pocket? Are your hands crossed or are they open and ready to receive what the Lord has for you? We don't need to come to God with timidity. We don't need to uh, be afraid of an angry God who's just going to tell us what to do. See, God has, we have a great high priest who, who empathizes with our, our weaknesses, with our struggles. Uh, and in verse 12 of the passage, it says, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And I think there's a few reasons why it can be hard to approach God sometimes with confidence. It's, it's because we have shame that we haven't dealt with. We haven't confessed that shame that we may be healed. And so we're afraid to go before God and spend time with him. Or we have doubt. We don't think that God would take the time to listen to us, to answer our prayers. Maybe he uh, isn't, isn't able to heal that thing, or maybe he doesn't really care about this thing when that's just a lie from the enemy. Or maybe you struggle with just a feeling of not being good enough to, to be before God. Well, that's the truth. None of us are good enough to stand before God, but he made a way through Jesus, and now we can. You see, I, I knew through my whole life that God loved me in my head. Like, like it made perfect sense that, yes, that I had that knowledge of God's love. But I didn't fully have that heart knowledge where I, I believed 100% that, that God loves me no matter what. And what I was doing and spending far too long doing was like trying to earn God's love and, and just through, through righteous deeds, through um, accomplishments, trying to, to make a way for God to love me. And that's not something any of us can do. 
because if any of us could do it in our own might, then there would be no reason for Jesus to come and do that. And there was just, you know, this one retreat where the Lord really dealt with um, me trying to earn his love. And I remember that, like, we were just in an extended time of worship, and Steve had challenged us to, to just sit on the floor and ask the Lord, God, show me how much you love me. Would you, um, would you reveal your love to me in a greater measure? And I don't, I don't really know what God was doing. He wasn't like, he wasn't speaking specific words, but it was more of just like a heart surgery going on that he was just confirming not, not in my mind, but in my soul that he had this deep love for me that goes beyond my understanding. In verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Guys, if we want to see God do immeasurably more, we have to get over our shame, our doubt, our fear, and approach God with confidence. If we don't ask with confidence, we aren't going to see a mighty move of God. And um, I remember the the first time that I prayed with someone and and saw God just heal in a, in a miraculous way. And it was out at Little Beaver, and uh, we had what Steve calls a smorgasbord altar call. So there's a little bit of something for everyone. It's like like your buffet of altar calls. And they were needing more people in the healing section. And I was like, uh, I, I don't know that I can go pray for healing. <laughs> and uh, my friend Jesse Van Elau actually was out there playing keys. And he's like, come on, let's go pray for people. Um, and so I went and, and sat down next to this guy, Brady, and I'm like, what, what do you need prayer for, Brady? And he's like, you know, I've been having this back pain for eight years. I'm like, oh, great, cool. Just, just a, a problem you've been having for eight years. Like, come on, God, couldn't you give me like a stub toe? <laughs> but the thing is, is that it doesn't take any more of God's power to heal a stubbed toe than it does to heal a back that's been hurting for eight years. And so I got to sit there with Brady and just pray a simple prayer asking God to touch him and, and praying with authority and, and going to Jesus and, and asking with expectancy. And God showed up and, and healed his back and we were both shocked. <laughs> I just remember, like, walking back to the back of the room with, like, the greatest smile on my face because, like, I, I, I don't know. I was just humbled by the fact that, like, the Lord would use me to, to heal someone. I had a greater sense of the love of God after I had approached that prayer time with confidence and seen God move. And so the fourth action that takes place when we encounter God's love 
that we begin to feel God's burden for the lost. And guys, that's that's my heart's cry for tonight is that we would leave this place with a greater burden for those around us who don't know Christ. Verse 16 says, I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And that just shows me that Paul was fervently praying for the church. Paul was praying for for believers and non-believers alike. God's love calls us to take action. God doesn't give us love based, based on our actions. We can't earn his love. But an encounter with the boundless love of God moves us not to just spend time with him, not to just confess our sins and approach him with confidence, but it puts us with in, it puts within us a conviction to see others' lives get changed. Once we've felt the deepness of God's love, we can't help but bring it to others. In my freshman year of college, the Lord began to teach me that I needed to share my faith with others around me. It wasn't just the job of Steve and Aaron. It wasn't just the job of the pastors to to make Jesus known at UAA, but it was going to take an army. It was going to take all of us to go and make Jesus known. And the Lord spoke to me that that year, and it's just, just been a, a verse that uh, has, like, carried with me in, in Colossians 1, starting at verse 26. Paul's talking again, and he's talking again about this mystery of the gospel that was finally re- revealed to the Gentiles. And he says, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. You know what the Lord spoke to me through those verses is just that I'm the best chance for some people to hear Jesus. Niall's the best chance for other people to hear Jesus. And because we all have different spheres of influence, we're all someone's best chance at hearing the gospel. And you know, I've just been been praying these last couple weeks and, and the Lord asked me, Neil, are you praying as if souls depend on it? And I had to sit and think and answer honestly. And uh, it, it wasn't an answer I was proud of. It wasn't an answer that I liked. I, I realized that I have not been praying with the fervor that I should. I haven't been praying as if eternities are actually in, in the weight of things. Because I think the, the truth is, is that, you know, people around us, if, if something doesn't change, they're going to hell. 
And if that doesn't move us to tears, then we need to get on our knees and ask for a greater revelation of God's love. I'm going to have Anna come back up with with Peter, and we're just um, they're going to help me close. But we've got one more point here. The fifth action that takes place when we encounter God's love is that we begin to contend with urgency. You see, it's not enough to just have a heart that's broken, but you need to do something about it. To contend is to strive in opposition or against difficulties to struggle. So contending prayer is a prayer that's difficult. It's not a prayer that just is simple and and easy. It's not like praying over your food. But Paul tells us that Jesus provides the energy for that. Colossians 1.29, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. If you will contend for our campus, the Lord will give you energy for that. The Lord will free up your schedule and make time for you to to get on your knees and 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 weep and and um, cry about those in our classes, those that we see walking down the hallway who don't have a relationship with Him. You know, I. I get the sense that Paul wasn't speaking out of a place of, oh, we'll do this later, but it, it was a sense of urgency. So how do we go about this? How do we contend for our campus? What what do we begin to do to, to pray these prayers with, with Christ's energy? Well, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, like many of you were out at winter retreat, I have to challenge you guys, pray in the Spirit every day. Use that prayer language that the Lord gave you. Paul writes in other places that he is glad that he prays in tongues more than the rest of them. There is something about praying in the Spirit and praying Um, words that don't make sense to our flesh, but make sense to to God, to to the one interceding for us, that that really moves things. Set some time aside every day to pray over our campus. Invite others along with you to do that. Maybe there's some desires that are time to to put to death when when they're taking up too much of your time. Maybe there's there's a hobby that isn't even bad, that isn't sinful in the slightest or negative, but the Lord's asking if you would surrender that so that you can be used by him. I did some really difficult math this week. Sai had to help me out because I failed ordinary differential equations twice, and so he he was able to to run 
the differentials for me. But what I came to the conclusion, and, and Cy verified this, is that if each of us just brought one more person to Chi Alpha, we'd double. Yeah, it's silly. Like, I, I don't know, I just had that thought this week come across my head as, as I was praying. And, like, it just takes each of us bringing one more, guys. And this room is full. And think of the impact that's going to have on our campus. I was also looking at my calendar this week. There's only nine Chi Alphas left until the end of the school year. Only 10 more weeks if you count spring break, nine more weeks if you don't count spring break to, to make a difference in our classes, to make a difference at our university, to have the influence to see our classmates come to know the Lord. Only nine more weeks. And for you seniors in the room, that's only nine more weeks of your college career. It's only nine more weeks that you're going to be walking down these halls and, and nine more weeks that you have such a free schedule that you do before you start a, a full-time job. Don't graduate without experiencing the deepest love that you will ever find. Don't don't leave this place without having an encounter with the Lord that that shows you his love that would that would burden you for the lost around you for the rest of your life. You see our our call to go and make disciples that's not just for while we're here at UAA that's not just for Chi Alpha but that's a lifetime commission that the Lord's placed on you. Seniors, don't graduate. Don't, don't leave this place without showing someone else the love of Jesus. Just one. Would you, would you contend? Would you ask the Lord to bring you one more? To bring you one more who would uh, give their life to Jesus. You see, until we contend with urgency... We pray those difficult prayers. We, we spend late nights at the feet of Jesus asking for change to happen. Until we've done those things, we haven't experienced the love of God that surpasses understanding. And, and we will never on this side of heaven realize the fullness of God's love. But let's do as much as we can to, to grow in understanding of his love for the rest of our lives. So today, response is going to be simple. I have a couple questions that, that Caitlin's going to put up, or, or Kayla. And, um, I just want to ask you, in which way do you most need to respond to God's love? I don't know if tonight you have to make a decision to follow Jesus. If, if tonight you need to embrace confession, there's a burden that you've been carrying that the Lord never asked you to carry. 
and he wants you to experience freedom from it tonight. Maybe you need to practice approaching the throne of grace, approaching Jesus with confidence that you would ask him and ask him like you mean it. Maybe tonight we need to respond to God's love by asking for uh, a deeper sense of, of his burden for the lost around us. Or maybe we need to put in, ask God for a plan to, to contend with urgency and ask him to, to show us how we're supposed to be a part of seeing our campus reached with Jesus. And the second thing that I want us to do tonight to respond to God is, is just would you ask him to show you how much he loves you? In this quiet time, would you sit? Would you raise your hands if you need to as, as if to receive? Would you, would you sit and just ask God to, to reveal his love in greater measure to you tonight? So I'm going to ask everyone to just close your eyes and bow your head. And I want to give everyone an opportunity in this place to, to make a decision to follow Jesus tonight. It will be the best decision you've made in your life because it's, it's the only decision that's really going to affect eternity. So if you haven't placed your trust in Jesus tonight, do not delay. Tonight, he's calling you to give over your life to him. Would you taste and see that he is good? I have a sense that, that someone sees salvation like slavery tonight, and you feel like giving your life over to Jesus is being shackled up and being controlled. And Jesus wants you to know that, that making a decision to follow him tonight would be the greatest decision for your freedom that you've ever made. If you give your life over to Jesus tonight and hate it, you still have free will. He'll still allow you to return to your old life. You're not going to want to, but he gives us that choice. And so I'm just going to ask if, if anyone wants to make that decision for the first time tonight or rededicate their life to the Lord, would you just slip up your hand with no one looking around? Is that for anyone? for you I'm going to pray and I ask that you would just repeat this prayer and mean it in your heart Lord I just thank you that tonight is the best night of our lives for some people, they're, they're making a, a decision for you. And God, I recognize that I have sinned, I have fallen short of, of your glory, 
I've fallen short of what you've asked of me, God. God, I realize that I need you. You are Lord. Would you be my Savior? Jesus, would you forgive me of all of my sins and, and wash me so that I am white as snow? that I would be able to, to approach you with, with confidence, with boldness, like I've never approached you before. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to pray for the rest of us like this. Lord, we thank you. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for the examples we have of people who have gone before us in the faith, who have who have walked with you. Jesus, we thank you for your love that is beyond measure. That even the engineers can't measure the depths of your love, the width of your love, Lord. I just pray that you would come and encounter us tonight, God. Would we, um, would we sense a deeper revelation of your love, Lord? Would you clear up lies that the enemy has placed upon people about their love, about their, their worth? God, I just pray that you would restore identities in this place. Jesus, I thank you that your love is so deep that it calls us to action, that, that when we've encountered your love, we can't just sit and hold it for ourselves. Lord, would you help us to take this love that we have and go and share it with just one more person? God, I thank you for, for the people that are not yet a part of our community that, that you are going to, to bring in. I thank you in advance, God, for, for the ways that we will see you move and in, in, in the nine Chi Alphas that we have left, Lord. God, I just pray that we would be a people who contend with urgency every day of our lives, God. As we look to you, God, would it cause us to to spend time just praying not just for ourselves, not just sitting in your presence, God, but would we pray prayers that are big and bold and would we ask you with confidence and authority. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.